Last week was nuts. It's nuts, and I'm so tired. Well, <laughs> well, let's a quick recap. Uh, on Monday, uh, PJ and I flew out a couple flights to get to Ohio, and then we had a lot of busy stuff to do at New Camp. And all while we were away, you were here holding yeah. down the fort. I wasn't invited to New Camp because That's I had not entirely an true. entire <laughs> rally to uh, basically pack up and plan for. So we headed out to the rally on Thursday. We'll talk about that. Uh, it was my Different. first time out in my camper. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, another surprise. Yeah. So crazy week and also i was thinking about what it would be like to rv in a vastly different location i'm thinking europe everyone like, like wants to travel europe and i think i've always had this notion of you backpack across europe or you train ride across europe or you go for multiple trips one time to this region or that region have you ever been to europe not yet. Me neither. Okay, so we have no idea, but we're going to do a lot of guessing and just kind of talk about... Let's click and Google what, a little. Yeah, what would be different RVing in Europe? And well, I think it's a great topic for some feedback. Most of us don't even think about RVing in Europe and probably think that it's not as much of a thing over there. Oh, it's a thing. Okay, well, let's check it out. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by GoPower. GoPower makes everything you would need to power your RV. They have solar panels, inverters, converters, all the chargers, things like that, lithium. But they also do this really cool thing. They build the entire system. So you basically tell GoPower what you want to do and they will figure out which system works for that RV. Right. I like nothing more than something that just works, this plug and play. Just works. Yeah. And and for let's say you want to do weekend trips or even longer stays. Maybe you even have a dream of running your air conditioner off of solar and lithium whoa whoa clint it's a big deal <laughs> and it is attainable go power has figured out how to basically take a system that will work for your rig and make it happen they make it happen they even have a little calculator on their website where you can just kind of tell them how much power you're looking for how much room you have stuff like that and they can tell you what you mm -hmm. need so check it out Right. So the address that you need to go to is gpelectric.com. Again, more slowly for, well, for me, gpelectric.com. That's where you'll go for all the resources and everything you need to know about getting your rig ready for solar and lithium power. Welcome back to the RV Small Talk podcast. This is where we talk about small trailers, lightweight truck campers, and the people and places and things that go along with them. We're your hosts from Princess Craft RV. I'm Clint. I'm Lindsay. And we are missing PJ today, but we're going to have a little fun with that. Or, you know, without PJ, we might get a little weird. Squirrely. Yeah. <laughs> Squirrely. Mm -hmm. So, cats away. The podcasters will play. Come, <laughs> we'll come we'll back, get PJ. off topic. <laughs> <laughs> You can check out all of our show notes and you can uh, you can interact with us in multiple places. Show notes you can find at rvsmalltalk.com. You can also check out our Facebook page. It is RV Small Talk Community. And you guys can interact with each other, interact with us, put up questions about the podcast, questions you want us to answer, topics you want to discuss. We just, we really love hearing from you guys. And, you know, once again, today we're going to talk about RVing in Europe, which neither of us have ever done. So I would love to get some feedback on that. What, you know, if what we're saying is accurate or not. So head on over to the Facebook page. It's called RV Small Talk Community. Okay. While you go there, we'll go to our transition music and then jump right on in. Woohoo! Transition music. Let's get the recap of the Texas Tiny Trailer Rally COVID edition out of the way. Oh, man. Would you still call it a rally? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, it was a group camp out and we did some stuff. Right. But honestly, it was just so good to, one, be outside camping mm -hmm. after everybody feels like they haven't gone anywhere. And two, see all of those people. Right. You know, some of these people have been to the rally six or seven times. I'm used to seeing them every six months. I need to see them every six months. Yeah. They're like a second family. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you kind of have the same takeaway that, no, of course, is extremely different. We can talk about the differences here in a second, but it was extremely different. And yet it was still so needed 
It felt needed and yeah, and it felt familiar. It felt like something that we did before COVID. You know, mm-hmm. like oh, we still you know have this rally. It's it's a sense of normal, I guess, right. seeing the same people um, and their trailers talking to them. Mm-hmm. It was just. It was really fun. And I I heard that a lot from other people, too. We had a handful of new people and every single one of them, you know, came up to me after the rally and told me that they felt really included and and they really loved, you know, how we all interacted and loved seeing everybody's trailers. I don't know. It was it was a really good rally and I was pretty nervous about how sure. it was going to work because it looked so different. Well, so we were at a different location. We were at Skyline Ranch in Bandera, in Bandera, Texas. And there were three motorcycle rallies going on literally across the street oh, the yeah. same weekend. So, it, you know, there was like live music that you could hear every time the wind blew a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but that park was really pretty. You could walk down to the creek and... Oh, and they had deer, 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 deer me. They had deer. There was a lot of deer. And they had, they had your standard, you know, Central Texas white tail, like by the hundreds. But then they had a little herd of axis deer running through mm-hmm. there too. And that's It wasn't a little amazing. herd. That was a huge herd You're right. of axis deer. <laughs> probably still 60 or more of them. And... And speaking of animals, the entire time we were there for about four or five hours a day, there was this huge migration of what are they know, called a no, bottlenose moths? Yeah. I think something like that. Yeah. And there are these little moths. And I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands. And they're all just like going through everybody's campsite but they all kind of, day. This is not the this is not like Mothra. This is not scary. No, moth. they were like this little like butterflies. Fluttery. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. It's kind of magical. It and was the magical. It was perfect. The weather was perfect. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of the events that we usually do. And I kind of miss that. Okay. This, maybe this is where this I wanted to do this. Morning. Let's okay. kind of describe a typical rally and then we can say, but this one was had its own fantastic this. Okay. Okay. So what's a normal rally? A normal rally is, uh, you know, one of the biggest things we do at a rally is the camper tours mm-hmm. where we all walk in and out of each other's trailers sure. and show each other all the mods and things that we've it, done. Yeah, it takes two days. We obviously can't do that. So right. it was kind of admiring from afar and pointing. It was different. Um I mean, it's just a lot of events. We do a beer and wine tasting, which we couldn't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a lot of little right, cups to right. touch. <laughs> sure. There's potlucks. There's a potluck. There's sometimes a chili cook-off, depending on which rally it mm-hmm. is. There's a live band with, and with dancing. 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 Mm-hmm. And I kind of tried to say, hey, everybody bring their instruments. It didn't work. But <laughs> one night we had, I don't, I still don't know who it was. We had somebody with a saxophone. Yeah, and I'm gonna that that had a who neat was that? mood. Um, um, I remember uh, she runs the Texas Tabs and Tags group. Billy, her son. Yeah, it was Billy's son. I'm pretty sure that's who that was. Dang! And I wish How I knew. Fun. His name, but I'm pretty sure it was her son. Everybody, I was on the other side of the campground, and we were just yelling like, "Keep playing!" Like mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. To it was all dark, and everybody's kind of in groups hanging out by their propane fires. Right. And then all of a sudden, there's just this saxophone (laughs) yeah but it was it was it just seemed right it was a bit like calming and right i don't know yeah that was another thing is no fires which i guess we're kind of used to in texas but it's still kind of sucks so if you're coming to a rally in texas go ahead and pack your propane fire pit because you can get away with that just pretend so there's there's those elements one thing that we still did but we had to change the format of was the uh the tech talks i mean I feel like if we had a rally without tech talks, we might have like a riot on our right. hands because right. be, people live for PJ's tech talks. Um, oh, and we need a shout out to Rex as well. Yeah. And Rex taught this entire class about um, how to read an ohm meter. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Yeah. Or, or, or a multimeter. So mm-hmm. basically, instead of just, you know, I have a good battery or I have a dead battery, you can actually figure out what's going on, how much power you're putting out, like 
stuff like that. I obviously wasn't in the classes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, the feedback was fantastic. Yeah. He, I mean, he literally had one for everybody. So he passed them all out. He's a natural teacher. And then teacher. showed them, mm-hmm. like gave him a battery and showed him how to use it. It was really hands-on. It was really fun. And of course, Rex is always such a help at all the mm-hmm. rallies. He walks around and makes sure everybody has everything working. And so that part of it was the same. Um, the other cool thing that we did was we put up a screen and we played the long, long trailer on a projector behind the building. And now, I, I haven't seen it before, but do you realize how few people had actually seen? No, I thought the, everybody in the world had seen it. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. Well, we, we brought a projector and had a instead of a, a drive in movie theater is a walk up to the wall <laughs> with your socially distanced chair movie theater yes but it was a big field so we could all sit away from each other and have our drinks and watch this movie and you know i we threw together this event at the last minute and i really thought maybe a handful of people would show up but the majority of the campground showed up and it was so Mm -hmm. much fun to see everybody and like the part when they're talking about backing up the trailer and everybody's just laughing and you know it's so relatable it was really fun so so i think that Coming away from it, it, obviously the activities had to change or just be put aside. What I ended up seeing was the community was 100% as wonderful as always. Yeah. People would go to, I mean, they. I saw everyone being very respectful and responsible. Yeah. But they would, they would have their masks and they would still find a way to hang. And yeah, that's the thing. I guess it, I was really scared about what this rally would look like. And then I was really shocked that it was as, com- like, felt like such a community. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about it, like, why am I that shocked? Like, these are the Texas tiny trailer rally people. Right. Like, they, <laughs> they'll figure it out. And it exactly. was it was so much fun. Um, it was a little bit relaxing for me mm-hmm. because there wasn't as many events. But... But you had. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a new soul dawn that i'm going to be camping in so i had never camped in it before right um and then i had both of my kids so i have a five-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter she's almost three and whoa <laughs> <laughs> running a rally breaking oh in a new trailer God. camping with your two kids and it was it was you and your two kids learning a new space yeah and that's the thing they've never camped in a, cam- a trailer well they've camped in a trailer like once or twice yeah, this but- is a different animal from the ones you've taken from the rental fleet yeah and it was like okay this is our first trip so i'm gonna set it up and like make it all like we want like like none of that happened like the whole <laughs> trip was shove as much stuff into all the spaces uh-huh. and then the kids pull it out of the spaces and then we sleep on top of the stuff. Do you feel like (laughs) even though it was difficult in many respects because of that, do you feel like it was actually maybe in some ways a more optimized way to, to get to know the trailer a little bit, to prepare for your solo trips with your kids? Um, I mean, you had the ralliers. Yeah, no, everybody takes care of my kids. It's like a giant family. It's wonderful. Uh But honestly, I mean, to be honest, it probably made me more scared. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I knew it was going to be hard and I know that it's going to get easier as I try mm-hmm. like, and, you know, figure things out, but I did not expect it to be this hard and packing up was brutal. Right. Uh, the drive there and the drive back was brutal mm-hmm. and we did that with movie screens on the back of the seats and right. it was still terrible. How do you guys drive... Like long distances with kids. Okay. Like, give yeah. me all your tips because it was so bad. It put me in such a bad mood. And I feel like 80% of the time I was like, nope, don't touch that button. Nope, turn off the water pump. Stop doing that. Don't pee there. And so, <laughs> you know, I just like felt like the entire time I was just like yelling at my kids. And then it was like, okay, now it's time to pack up and leave. And then like the packing and unpacking part, I still have a pile bigger right. than my kids in the, my living room. Right. Because I haven't unpacked yet. And then we're going into it. I'm just, I'm just exhausted. So my, just a few thoughts. I've gone out a couple more times than you. Yeah. Um, and, and of course I have, have Laura. She's, she's a master at things I'm not a master of, but this, this kind of speaks to do what you can to figure out 
what can stay in the trailer what is just simply trailer set up and that's what pj kept telling yeah. me when i was packing she was like this is your trailer you don't have to take everything out of it and i right. was like well yeah but i i essentially packed from the house their it, favorite blanket and right. their favorite stuffed animal mm-hmm. and you know the only sippy cup they have so like right. I, I have to take it um, tr- but I mean, next that- time yeah i mean that's I, they need another favorite blanket that stays mm-hmm. in the trailer because well the, this blanket means camping the yeah the amount mm-hmm. of blankets and pillows and linens and clothes that i brought is just right right and that's not even your style of doing things anyways <laughs> no but right. i didn't know if it was going to be cold and i didn't know uh-huh and then one thing i saw that um i you know i, I don't know your kids they're obviously different than mine you do know my kids. I do, but I don't know how different <laughs> they are traveling like that. Um, I don't let their seats be next to each other. And I didn't. What happened there? I didn't. Okay. So I was driving my dad's truck and he has two screens on the back of the seat. Uh-huh. Um, and then, I mean, we we left the house at like seven, you know, six forty five, seven in the morning mm-hmm. before I even get to Princess Craft to pick up the trailer. Simone's TV starts crackling and goes out. Oh, no. And you can't really see the other screen. Right. So I had to scoot them over and I prefaced it with, you know, oh, this will be fun. But if you guys can't get along, then, you know, I'm going to have to separate you. And one of you can't watch the movie anymore. And like tried to make it a thing. But whoo, not doing that again. Yeah. Because why would you ever let their seats touch? You don't let their seats touch because if one leg goes over (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like world war three in the back seat Mm -hmm. it was but not even just them fighting i mean then like their headphones lost connection and then it was too loud simone couldn't keep the headphones on her head and then (laughs) the movie stops and it glitches and i have to start it over and i'm literally driving and then they're thirsty and then they're hungry and then they dropped something and uh, and then they have to pee let's 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 use that as a springboard because (laughs) i I caught wind of how harrowing your return experience was. I am so embarrassed. So um, I'm going to ask you, and I've heard that the the way you tell, even though it's horrible, the way you tell it is hilarious. (laughs) It's all alliteration. I hope it's hilarious to somebody because honestly, I couldn't even tell this story for the first few days after coming back (laughs) because I was so traumatized. Okay, so here it is: Lindsay's (laughs) Lindsay's experience returning with two kids from. The Texas Tiny Trailer Rally 2020 edition. (laughs) And Uh, action. So let's let's preface this by saying they're both exhausted. Absolutely. Because we are learning to sleep in a trailer and I packed up and they both skip naps. So they're tired and they're hungry. So we are, I don't know, we've probably been on the road about an hour. We've watched most of Charlotte's Web. Um and I stop and get gas and I made the rookie mistake of asking my kids if they have to go to the bathroom instead of telling them to go to the bathroom. I don't know what I was thinking. I just wanted to get home. Mm-hmm. Well, they both said no. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. We get back on the road and right when we get into and I'm sorry for you guys who are not familiar with the Austin area, but it definitely plays a part in this. We get to the 35, the upper lower deck split, which is right at downtown, right in the middle of you went you drove 35. Well, where else was I supposed to go? I had to go to Princess Craft. Wow. That's the way Waze takes me. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Keep going. That's not the worst part. Okay. (laughs) So my son starts screaming not like mom i need to potty i mean there was no whining i mean he's screaming and holding himself i need to be i mean like he drank a lot of milk on the way back which is my bad too but he starts screaming and freaking out and then he freaks out simone simone starts screaming she has to pee and they are i should have recorded it it was they're screaming 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 so I'm like, okay, I'm in traffic in downtown Austin. So this is a great place to pull over with a trailer to have oh. a kid go to the bathroom. So I pull over in the lower deck and there's that like shady, shady gas station right there on the right. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of next to Starseeds. Yeah. And you know what, folks, if you can imagine uh, 
a high traffic area downtown of any city and a shady gas station, you know which one it yes, is. Yes, and like the tiny, there's like tiny lanes. Right. So my camper is literally like bumping the side because I'm and I'm just freaking out. My kids are screaming. So I pull into the gas station, completely bottom out. I mean, like uh-huh. all the way into the gas station. Try to pull in and like miraculously find a place to park where I think I'll be able to get out. And I throw the truck in park and I turn around and I unbuckle Hawk and I'm like, Hawk, can you hold it if I hold you and run in there? He's like, ah, ah, I gotta pee right now. So I grab him and I run inside. And of course the guy's like, oh, no, 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 no bathroom. (sighs) So then I run back outside and I was like, fine, I'll just pee in your dumpster. (laughs) Like ran out and I'm like, hey, look, I have a camper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I got this. I got this. So I run to the camper and I, well, first I find the keys, which took forever. And then I unlock the camper and there's like two rows of gas pumps that are kind of like this. And we're at this one. So there's like cars everywhere going in and out and mm-hmm. they're all staring at my screaming uh-huh. child. And I throw them in the camper. And I'm like, go potty. And I go back in and I unbuckle Simone, who's also screaming. And I take her out and. I mean, the door's open, so <laughs> there's all these people staring at me. And then I go and like Hawk just like, you know, he calms down. He's good. Right. He peed in the toilet. Well, he. Way to go, Hawk. I, right. <laughs> I can't believe he held it. He was going to die. And then I go and I get Simone into the potty and she goes, "I, Mama, I got a poo-poo. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't cool because I already cleaned out my tanks. But it's okay. But I didn't know that. I don't know these things. So I freaked out and I opened the fridge and I ripped out one of the drawers in the fridge, which all still has plastic wrap on it. And I took the plastic off the drawer so that I could put it in the toilet (sighs) so that she could go to the bathroom in there. So then I could just take that and throw it in the dumpster. Mm. (laughs) Keep, Keep going. I'm like ripping the drawers out and they not coming out and I'm just yelling and I'm in a gas station and and I get the plastic in the toilet Simone goes to the bathroom everything's okay it's just sitting in the toilet I leave it there yeah. we get back in the car because I'm like I'll just throw it away to Princess Craft so we get back in the car we get all buckled my kids scream again because something is wrong and the spider in Charlotte's web died or something <sighs> and oh no spoiler alert <laughs> So we finally get to Princess Craft and my kids are tired. They're starting to beat each other up at this point. And I go and I unhook the trailer and I'm like, all right, I got to do this nasty thing now and get this bag out of here. I'll just tie it up, throw it in the dumpster. So I pick it up and kind of just go like this and, and move it away from the toilet so I could tie it up. Well, like the other end of the bag isn't close. Uh, uh-huh. So mm. my... 2021 soul uh-huh. dawn has pee all over it i mean like not just on the bathroom floor but on that other floor that right. vinyl woven flooring yeah i mean just pee everywhere yeah thank goodness the other stuff stayed in the bag so then with one hand i'm holding it and it's just dripping everywhere all over me and the camper and with the other hand i'm trying to rip the second drawer out of the fridge to get some (laughs) plastic because i have nothing there's nothing and so then i rip out the second drawer wrap it up go throw it away clean up the camper and and then i went home and and i cried myself to sleep yeah Oh, that's my story. And I just I just didn't know what to do because I didn't want her to go to the bathroom in the trailer and then it sit there. Uh, yeah. OK. I mean, I understand the thinking. Yeah. Because like, what else am I going to do? Right. And in, if and so here's my deal from an encouragement. What standpoint, should I have done? Well, from an, from an encouragement standpoint, here's the deal. You got that one out of your system. OK. But that's is there out of the another way. one? Well, <laughs> there's always other ones ask any rv or there's always other other <laughs> you know facepalm things but here's the next thing let them use the toilet but like, what uh, yeah. do i do with it well you can always keep a little bit of fresh water in the tank for the ride home just just in case you i mean a lot of people will travel with a quarter or a half tank and your pump will work off of 12 volts so you turn on your water pump and you just let them use the restroom and then if you and then whenever you get to here, because we do have a, a tank here, 
We have a tank here? Yeah. Yeah. How do you? Yeah. We, sometimes we have to deal with uh, tank issues when people bring in for service. I had no idea. Yeah. So oh let's, my God. let's I should not work here anymore. <laughs> but also, also, you know that there are private campgrounds all around and you can use theirs. In- yeah, I know. But my thing was like, we have to go home now. Yeah. These kids are tired. They're at the and I didn't want it sitting out there in the sun for three days because the next time I come back to work, it's three days later. If it's down the tank. It's fine. Really? Yeah, two, three days. Yeah, if it's down the tank, it's fine. People, but it will make my whole RV stink? Um, No, no. Just keep, uh, make sure it fully flushes. Use enough water, make sure it fully flushes, and then let the, the toilet bowl sit with a few inches of water on in, in the bowl after you flush. That keeps the seal conditioned a little bit, but it also keeps smells from coming up as much. So, so <laughs> I'm over this. No, no, I think everybody understands <sighs> the... Uh, the thought process that was racing through your mind as you're in this very tense scenario. <laughs> oh, oh, and oh, but to wait, get there's more. out of the gas station, I bottomed out again, like real bad. That's stressful. And had to pull into traffic, into the Whole Foods, mm, or the, not the Whole Foods, into Fiesta? the Fiesta parking yeah. lot, and then go out that way, and I bottomed out again. So I bottomed out three times, and I literally didn't look at the trailer because- You didn't want to know. I didn't want to know how bad I messed it up. But I mean it- Have you looked now? No. Do we need to look at it? <laughs> somebody please look. No, I mean, I, I unhooked it and I didn't see anything like, yeah. but it, it makes that loud jarring noise sure. and you just, in your head, you're just like, that's it. It's over. It's yeah. <laughs> like, I've ruined everything. And I bottomed out like three times because it's downtown Austin. And I guess I just never really understood how easily those things, when you sure. go on any kind of grade and it's like, what are you supposed to do? You have to go. Yeah. The pivot point between your tow vehicle and your trailer in those in those Austin curb areas Ugh. can be pretty extreme. And there were just, you know, I there were just so many people around not who helpful weren't yeah. nice looking and yeah. looked like they maybe wanted to I don't know. They're just they wanted to pull out their cell phones. There's so <laughs> many not only that, but they were like, I mean, homeless people just like mm-hmm. all over the gas station mm-hmm. and they're all staring and I, it was just so weird. I never want to do that again. Are you you know what? They probably just wanted to use your bath your I know. See, that's, clean bathroom. That's what I was afraid of. It was like, oh great, now they know I have a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah, so I'm just gonna make my kids wear diapers now in the car. I mean, I do that to this day. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, it, it it depends. I I may or may not be taking a long trip. Long trip, I use depends. Stop. Can we move on from this subject? I'm okay. done talking about this. All right. Tell you what. How about we take a quick break and let's talk about what we think we're learning about traveling with an RV or RVing at all in Europe via our Google searches. Yeah, I bet they have seedy gas stations in Europe too. Only the seediest for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. Europe is a place we always want to visit. It's top 10 in our top 10 lists of places to go. (laughs) (laughs) But we have not been there. And so I've never been there. So this whole conversation we're about to jump into is us thinking what it might be like to RV in Europe, what we think we might face. And we did a little bit of Googling and, and clicking around. And we'll talk about some of the things that we think we learned. Yeah, we talked to the experts. No, we didn't. We totally talked to the Google. Mr. Google. Mr. Google. He had at least that many ideas. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's start with what I mean, what the cool things would be. I mean, as Americans, we're right. pretty well, yeah, being, <laughs> I don't know what words to use here. <laughs> honestly, being one of the youngest countries on the block and still there's always this, this thing, you know, Europe has lots of rich and old history and, and all the stuff that it comes with, the cultures, the languages, the, the food, food, yeah, the the colors. Did I say colors? The colors? Yeah. I mean, because I mean, you think of Europe photos. has different colors. Yeah. Their colors are not the same as our colors. What? Yeah. <laughs> they have a different kind of blue, I think. And they're greens. European blue? Yeah. <laughs> if you, folks, if you're, if you're European blue, you need to get a doctor to check that out. <laughs> God bless. 
<laughs> oh no no more pp jokes we're done <laughs> i digress but, so but the history castles you know so I, we didn't even google this are there campgrounds at castles do they have harvest hosts for castles <gasps> that'll be our next google <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about well, I do know that I didn't ever think about RVing in Europe. It's never come up as a thought in my mind until recently. Surely people RV in Europe. In fact, talking to New Camp, a lot of their a lot of their design and some of their features and equipment actually comes from European vendors. Yeah. So I guess there must be RVs and RVers in Europe. <laughs> yeah. And I think the cool thing is they, I think this is at the bottom of your list, but no, well, um, I think when I think of RVs in Europe, I always think small and mm. maybe I just haven't seen bigger ones, but I feel like Europe, they, I mean, everything is smaller. Well, they have old streets and old buildings right up to the edge of those old streets. So you would need smaller vehicles just to get around. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they're narrow. And narrow streets, tall buildings. Old buildings, tall buildings, narrow streets. <laughs> <laughs> but are they old? I mean, they're getting up there. <laughs> uh, I don't even, I'm lost on this topic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so travel time right it's not vacation in europe it's holiday i think that's that's how they would say it typically um they obviously they do different work schedule things they have more time off it's scheduled in it's required it's mandated by their governments now here in here in america whatever your political views are most of us would have that kind of uh independent rugged independence and we work until we're dead kind of mentality um or it's socially kind of put on us whereas over there things are more socialized and you'll find people have a month or two months maybe three months of leave holiday if you will what? and so they know how to take advantage of it they insist on it and if you th also think about it they are to us, what would be just one state distance away from a whole nother culture, history, yeah. everything. Not just being in America, but being in Texas is right. like the ultimate. It's so weird to me to think that you could be in another country, much less another right. state in one day because right. you can't do that in Texas. So that's crazy. So you could you could, you know, take your holiday and mm -hmm. visit multiple countries sure. in your RV just in a short amount of time. Right. If you go to the width of Texas and you are going at speed limit, it's going to be somewhere probably in the ballpark of 18 hours just to get across Texas at speed limit. Yeah. And if you drive 18 hours in Europe, you've probably gone through who, who knows how many countries, five, that's six, so seven, cool. eight different countries. I mean, countries? that's so cool. Sure. So another reason to go and another reason for them to know how to take right. their holiday time and make them and maximize it you can do a weekend trip and see two three different countries amazing so what about campgrounds versus boondocking in europe i know mm -hmm. here it's kind of i mean it's a hard line right yeah people either camp at rv parks with hookups and uh -huh. cable and usually those are you know the real big rigs mm -hmm. and then there's the boondockers who go out in the middle of nowhere with no hookups mm -hmm. In Europe is that, I mean, they obviously have campgrounds. Right. And they boondock. Is it that hard line or? I think I think it's a, a little bit of a mix. And here's, here's kind of alluding to something that you talked about just a little bit ago. They don't use the big fifth wheels as much. You'll see them very rarely. They're just too big. Um, you don't see very many class A's. There are a few of them, but you don't see as many because, again, they're too big for that style of travel. The number one sailing, 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 anyways, sail away, sail away. nice, nice. <laughs> the, the number one category of RVs in Europe are actually kind of 
small camper vans. That totally makes sense. Right. And they do, so they're state of the art. They look like high-end, cutting-edge, airstreamy things on the inside. And they have all the gadgets and gizmos. But the technology is also for these shorter trips and more self-contained. So in my research, and again, this is some clicking around because I was interested and wanted to find out. Yes, they have, they would call it something different. They have campgrounds with hookups and things like that. And they're designed for caravans, which would be what they would call the trailers, the the larger units. But most people are driving these smaller units. And almost nothing has a black tank. That's right. They all do cassette toilets. Right. Because they're smart. Sorry. <laughs> I love a cassette toilet. <laughs> they, they are handy. They work. And if you're mostly driving in camper vans, then it makes sense from a space saving standpoint. If I had a cassette toilet, my little mishap wouldn't have been so bad. Right. Sure. Ugh, I just thought about that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so their vans, which is category number one for them, are very well equipped to not plug in for the duration of your trip. Because they also probably don't have air conditioners like we do in Texas. I mean, you can't really yeah. sell any kind of trailer RV in Texas or most of the United right. States without an AC, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, needs shore power to run mm-hmm. or an amazing system by GoPower. Right. But, well, there's that. <laughs> but in Europe, you know, if you don't have that that draw of power for the AC, then you kind of are have a lot more freedom of where to go. My voice is broken. Very croaky. <clears throat> so most of their stuff will run off of um, DC power, which is your 12 volt system. So you have a cassette toilet. You have 12 volt power powering most everything because you aren't running a um, an air conditioner. And they do have propane over there. But in my research, my you know, I started kind of clicking around a couple of days ago on this. That's one thing that will get you in, in trouble. This is a difference. So I'm bouncing around in my thoughts here. What's new? I know. Sorry. <laughs> but propane is done differently from country to country over there. They're, they're, what do you mean it's done differently? So pretty much across the U.S. here, we have standardized tank sizes, but we also have a pretty much a standardized mixture of propane. You know, you get 100% propane in the tank or you have propane at 80% and maybe another more inert gas or something in there with it. So in Europe, they have different mixtures in their propane. I, I would have to dive deeper, dig deeper, and then dive deeper to explain it. But I... Apparently, they have different mixtures. Huh. And the different fittings, whereas we have standardized fittings for our propane tanks that we carry around our, our five gallons. Our, yeah, they all hook up the same way. Yeah. There are, I think, four. I actually have this tab here. They have four or five different adapters for hooking up Why your propane. Why would they do that? And that apparently makes it difficult when you're crossing lines why would you do that um because they weren't the eu all that long ago i mean it seems to go a long ways back but really they developed a lot of these systems separately before they were a nation-ish sort of thing we have a straight up history lesson in here yeah yeah so whereas we're the united states which kind of technically means a group of countries united and working together and we don't view it that way because state is kind of synonymous for country. They are a true union of separate states or countries. So they developed all of their systems at different times, yeah. different ways. Yeah. And sometimes they did that on purpose. Right. So that they can it's have control. their, yeah. Huh. All right. So filling up your propane could be interesting. What about like traveling like like roads like rules and laws mm-hmm. and well the big the one to get out, get out there is depending on where you are particularly if you cross over to, into England or anything like that you're going to be the, you're going to be the, the other side of the road that yeah. will take some getting used to but there are a lot of countries that drive on the same side of the road as the US so that won't be such a big deal so you have to know and switch back and forth I think you figure out pretty quick <laughs> yeah I think you would too <laughs> unless there's no one else on the road right and I always have in my my mind this kind of image of 
green hillsides full of uh, sh- shepherds running their flocks of sheep. Why? I don't know. It's mo- <laughs> movies in the old country for some reason. And and you can say, well done, pig, and things like that. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. I wonder, um, you know, about here, you know, in Texas, we don't have a lot of BLM land, but they do in other places. Mm-hmm. Um, in other states, I, is it like that in England? Is it kind of yeah. just camp wherever you want, or is it all... From what I understand, you're pretty much relegated to established campgrounds unless you're doing what they consider wild camping. Now, wild, wild wild camping is kind of what we would consider boondocking. But when we think of boondocking, we think, as you said, BLM land way out there. Right. There isn't as much available access to places like that in Europe, from what I understand. Please, someone help us out. Contact him <laughs> help us out. I've done, only done. A, we need all the asterisk yeah. corrections under this episode. Um, I've only Googled so long. But it's a cool thing to think about. But when they're wild camping, they may honestly mean they pulled off the side of the road or or parked in an alleyway and they're hoping the police don't kick them out. I mean, that's wild. That's, I, I mean, <laughs> it could be the red light. Is it district. called wild camping or, you know, I'm 18 and I'm sick of living in my parents' house camping. <laughs> I mean, if it were me, I'd, it'd be like, I'm 39. I'm sick. And, never mind. <laughs> so anyways, yes, there's boondocking, but it's not. It, oftentimes it's maybe between point A and point B. You're just pulled over and hope that the authorities don't come and tap on your window. Let's talk about terminology. That's always fun. Oh. Like between different countries. Well, so. we talked about the kind of the wild camping thing. Oh, and, yeah. And so that's what made me think of it. So we have wild camping means, quote unquote, boondocking uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, without hookups. And they have a different. So when we say campsite. Mm-hmm. That to me means the place that you actually park your RV. Right. Or it's your, or the, it's the site in the campground. Right. I'm in site 23. Right. This is my campsite. Right. But campsite in England is generally like the whole thing. It's like the what we would consider the, the campground or the park. OK. Uh-huh. So campsite means the whole park. Right. Or the whole campground. So then what is just the campsite called? Pitch. This is pitch number. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I and I don't know if how it relates or anything. But pitch if you, a tent. Maybe. No, I think it's more like. In soccer, the soccer field, and they would be mad at me for saying soccer. And, and the football it's field, football. it's called a pitch. They, oh, you play I didn't know that. European football on the pitch, which okay. means just open green, green grassy Eerie. area. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the pitch is in the campsite. Hmm. Hmm. All right. And they're okay. So we talked about how they have cassette toilets. So instead of having fresh water, gray water, and black water uh-huh. or wastewater right their gray is wastewater right because that's the only holding tank because they have no black tanks that's right i mean i wouldn't say none but it's not really a thing right they, they would just simply be referring to the cassette yeah, of, yeah. The, the tiniest of black i mean it's a, right. it is a black tank just real small the poo tank the, <laughs> gross <laughs> so gray water is wastewater uh-huh all right mm-hmm. so i wonder if they have like dump stations like we do here probably not nearly as I mean, they have to have some. Right. There's got to be somebody out there with an RV with a black tank. Right. As I understand it, the camper van popularity is probably an entire third or more of the overall RV market. So you're still going to get some what they consider caravans or we'd say travel trailers. um, And they'd have something along the lines of more of a class B and things like that. Yeah. I may have got my class wrong. They definitely have new camps over there. Yeah, yeah. Is it New Camp over there? I think it's a brand that was uh, that was purchased. Oh, okay. And I think it might actually be a German brand, and they just purchased the rights to use it in the U.S. Because honest, oh really? I think so. Because honestly, I love when um, people from Europe post in the New Camp forums on Facebook. Oh, it's so cool! It is so cool because they look the same but different, right? And then a lot of them are like funkier (laughs) they like decorate better i don't know so it's always really fun to see you know they made their way to our facebook site in america and post there and it's really cool to see how it's the same but different well i'm gonna do a quick aside we had this really cool situation at the rally this past weekend where a gentleman named luigi 
took a brand new A-liner titanium 12 foot model and he bought it so he could gut it and turn it into what he wanted it to be. And he installed a cassette toilet on this thing from Thetford. I mean, the, he, what he did was gut it and Europeanize it. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was. It works beautifully. Less A-liner and more something you would see in Europe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like very clean, very like everything just kind of was very simple, but worked right. very well. It all made sense. Yeah. It was incredible. And so he has <laughs> this this Thetford cassette toilet that you can get here. However, there are some things that because the Europeans use their systems differently and more, you can only find different parts there. So he said there's an there's a part to this Thetford cassette toilet that's only available in Europe. So he went on eBay for England. So it's eBay dot E G E U I don't know. E U would I don't know. It, he went on England's eBay. He found a new brain unit for this cassette toilet that gives you more uh, a, a better readout on the capacity that you still have but it also has this fan and carbon filter that creates a vacuum upon flushing so it like it like sucks it down like so a, he said there's no, no like odor never any odor or anything because it just i mean it sucks the air along uh-huh. with everything else right but why, I mean, why isn't that a thing? Like, why is that only in Europe? Was my question. Right. Of course, he couldn't answer it, but I was like, right. well, why isn't this a normal thing? Yeah, and it's just because it's cassette toilets are so much more in use. And for some reason, on the RV technology end, Europeans, we and this is this is what got me thinking. We never think about Europeans going RVing. It's just not the image we have. And yet they are really good at it. And they have some really cutting edge ideas that we are, haven't implemented here. Or we're taking slowly, right? Like the yeah. Aldi system or right. the, you know, we're just kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. So, and I think that's actually the angle that got me really thinking about this. Huh. Is when when I visited New Camp, they use the Aldi system and it they're pretty much the only ones who use it. I think maybe Airstream has a few that are using the Aldo system now. The Truma's coming over. They have very similar stuff. It's slowly getting here. And then the conversation with Luigi on everything's the same except for the brain system and this fan system for this cassette toilet. That's crazy. It's just wild. And so there's some things that, yes, indeed, uh, we are doing really well here, but it might be the old ways. And we think we're cutting edge, whereas cutting edge might actually be found in Europe. I guess one thing that makes me wonder about traveling anywhere regardless the mode is cellular and data i mean i mean it's i couldn't care less but i know it's a big thing (laughs) it's a big thing it is um and from my research there is no perfect solution much the same here as here in the u.s but there's definitely no perfect situation over there because again you have carriers that may not cover every country oh so yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So what I saw online is that uh, people, um, unless they're doing the most top dollar of options, they were using a cellular device like a hotspot or their cell phone, mm-hmm. and they would have a device where you could just purchase a different SIM card from a different country once you cross over and load it up with minutes or data usage. And you just buy different SIM cards. And every time you cross the border, you just switch out your SIM cards. You switch out your SIM card the same time you switch out your uh, propane connection adapter. That might be it. <laughs> you know, if that's not a thing, maybe it should be a yeah. thing. When you you just set up shops at every border crossing, yep. here's propane attachments and switch SIM cards. <laughs> Someone in Europe, tap us into this industry. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like mobile internet just isn't... I don't know. There's just not like one really good answer anywhere. Well, I think that that's what Elon Musk is working on with his Skynet thing. (sighs) Elon, hurry. He's everywhere. So, of course, we're not going to know what's a star and what's a Skynet satellite here soon. It's just going to be like this bunch of satellites. We can just pretend they're all stars. They're all stars. You wish on every one of them. They're all stars. (laughs) One thing that you can probably be assured of, feel comfortable in, if you want to take this on, you can rent RVs over there, but it's pretty expensive to rent. A lot of people who go over there, they know they'll be doing it for a few months. Um, There may be a way to timeshare one. Or put your trailer on a boat. Is that a thing? Oh, it's always a thing. 
Oh God, how much would that cost to ship your trailer yeah, across the world? Yeah, and then the have it registered uh, so you can drive never mind, it over there. Don't do that. So, but if you, if you find yourself in a position where you're RVing over there, the good news is, unlike what I would have estimated beforehand, I have learned that there is a big RVing culture over there. So yes. there there are a lot of resources. There are a lot of people who have experienced it, so they're willing to help out if you have any questions. And in my travels in my life. I've always learned that wherever you go, there you are. That <laughs> definitely that. I'm so excited to know the answer. <laughs> but also that that you can find high quality people who are helpful and generous and kind and open and warm, and so I think it's something to do. Something to do. Check out RVing in other places of the world. I I yeah, I'm ready. All right. If we have not inspired you with this, it's probably because we don't know anything about it. <laughs> so please help. Um, <laughs> PJ, come home. <laughs> no, this was fun. And yeah, it made me think about a lot of things that you just, I guess, don't think about. Um, correct us, right? Sure. Ha have any of you guys camped in Europe? T tell us what it's like and what kind of camping you did. I, sure, I'm I, interested. I'll take I'll take a listen to, to backpacking across Europe. Yeah, why not? Backpacking. Yeah, that's camping across Europe as well. So any kind of camping. <laughs> if you haven't experienced traveling across Europe, let me know. We've never been to Europe. <laughs> Let's go ahead and mention one more time. Go Power. They take care of you. They whatever they put in your RV, it will work here or there in Europe. Why? Because you're unconnected. All you need is the sun, and that is universal. The sun is everywhere. Well, I can't say it's universal, but it's well, it's, it's definitely in Europe. <laughs> yeah, they have one. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so they have solar, lithium ion, they have your inverters, and they have complete systems or components. If you want your RV to do amazing things unplugged, Go to gpelectric.com. Find out what Go Power can do for you. That's gpelectric.com. What do we do now? And that wraps it up for this episode. We will hopefully be back with PJ in our next episode. And that's that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>